This is a CBC podcast. This episode includes a story that involves sexual assault and other violence. It may not be appropriate for all listeners. If you need help or someone to talk to, call Kids Help Phone. It's free, 24-7, and it's confidential. 1-800-668-6868. That's 1-800-668-6868. This is Mike Job. Mike Job? It's about us. Teens and our stories and what we've been through. What we are still going through. Without any adult interruptions. Testing. Testing. Mike will drop in five, okay. four, um, um, three, two. Drop the mic. <laughs> I've never held a mic before, and this feels good, actually. I didn't really want my friends coming to my house because my mom would always be passed out somewhere on the floor, on the toilet, on the kitchen table, anywhere, and the music was loud and there'd always be vomit on the floor. It was really messy and a bad environment to bring friends into. And I didn't want them to know that my mom was an alcoholic because I didn't want them to judge me. I'm Raven, I'm 16 years old, and I'm a strong Native American that um, has lived through a lot. My dad died when I was three, uh, passed away, excuse me, passed away when I was three. So my mom found herself a new boyfriend. He had anger issues. He would take her arm and try to force her to do something, like leave the house or do the dishes or anything. They'd continuously fight about drugs and money and there'd be beer bottles like he'd try to smash beer bottles on the wall to threaten her as if he was going to hit her with one one day i woke up in the morning and he got mad at me because i went to get cream for my hands because i had stress issues anxiety issues and I really needed that cream, but my mom didn't have enough money for it. And my teacher brought me to the clinic. We got the cream, and he found out about it and was really mad. And he said that we are not poor and that he could provide for me. But that wasn't true because he was too busy paying for drugs and alcohol. So he started coming at me really aggressively. My mom tried to stop him and threw her on the ground, and she was crying. The dog was barking, and the dog came rushing to my room, trying to protect me, but he kind of grabbed the dog and threw the dog across the room to the wall. While I was on my bed struggling to find a way out, he was basically saying to me that he's always right. He kind of, like pushed me into the wall and I had a bruise and I kind of pushed him back and I ran out of the house with my school bag and I ran so fast and I didn't care that I only had socks on my feet in the snow I just I had to run because everything was going to catch up eventually and I was just crying all the way to my bus stop all the way to school 
All I knew was I had to get out of that house. When I got to school, I talked to a teacher. She's very close to me. She understands what I have been going through. And so we went together to the social services. I talked to them and they asked me if I had a family in mind I would want to live with. And I suggested my best friend's family because they've been uh, in my life for a very long time. So I went there and that's where I've been living since. I feel very comfortable with them. I'm really close with the mom. She's kind of that mother figure I've been waiting for. She's very loving, the love that I was missing. She she gives advice, you know. She's everything my mom didn't do. I have a lot of compassion for my mom and love and I see her as a really strong woman who have gone who has gone through a lot. But she doesn't know how to deal with her problems. My grandma, who lives in Aquasesne in New York State, she was in a residential school. And she told me stories of um, her brothers. Her brothers were also in there. Two of her brothers got raped, and she had to look at one. They forced her to look at one. She's damaged from everything that she had to encounter, and because she's damaged, she brought that to a broken home that my mom lived in. The boyfriends of my grandma were alcoholics, just like my mom's boyfriends. They had anger issues. Um, They'd uh, verbally, physically abused my mom. You know, and my mom's sisters and brothers. And I guess that's how it kind of, it's like a constant routine. A constant circle of violence and and alcohol. And I didn't want to be a part of it no more. My grandma gave me a blue rose when I was about four. Ever since then... Uh, that has been a symbol of hope for me. I'm in an art program here at school. I draw a lot, I paint, basically art in general, sculpting, and on almost everything I do in art, I put a blue rose on it. I'm still very close to my grandma. We went to powwows. And she comes to special events that I have. She's very optimistic. She doesn't let her struggles of life bring her down. Like, she never had uh, a drink of alcohol in her life. She's never smoked in her life. She, she just, she writes. And I think that's where I got my writing from. When I am struggling or I'm stressed, I write because that's how I make myself feel better. And that's how she does too. I think it's very important for people to understand that 
Native Americans aren't weak and they've gone through a lot and um, I didn't want to be in that group of stereotypes basically the whole they don't go to college and they're poor and they're alcoholics I didn't want to go down the wrong path that my mom did so I'm graduating this year and I'm going to college to become either a lawyer, social worker for indigenous peoples. It's really exciting. I gained control of my life, like I got my life back. I have like a good state of mind and I kind of took myself away from a broken home, a broken family and have built a better family for myself. If you need someone to talk to about anything, Kids Help Phone is available 24-7. It's free and confidential. 1-800-668-6868. They also have a free app that you can download. It's called Always There. Or you can live chat with a counselor on the Kids Help Phone website. That's Kids Help Phone. 1-800-668-6868. It's really hard to find an apartment in Toronto. Like, people don't want, like, a 17-year-old living in their house because they have all these stereotypes of, like, oh, they're just going to party all the time. Oh, they're going to, like, mess up my house. They're going to do this, do that. After I got kicked out, I didn't have, like, a co-signer or I didn't have, like, a guarantor or anything like that. So getting on welfare, that was, like, a big deal. And, like, the system's really hard to work through because they have so many people on it. And, like, I didn't have any ID and I still don't have any idea or anything like that. Usually when you're on welfare, like you need your parents' signatures and stuff, but like I couldn't get those signatures. It was really nerve wracking because I was like, I don't know what to do if I don't get this. I have nothing, like I'm on the street. But like, I was really lucky to have um, a worker who was like really helpful for me. And she like made sure I had like money to pay for everything. And like one day they were like, okay, it's good. The money will be in your account next month. I was like, holy shit, thank you. <laughs> Getting my life in order without having any help is just like hard. <laughs> There's so many changes living on your own. Coming home to your parents every night and then coming home to nobody now I come home and I'm like, I have pets. Like I have like a bunny, a dog, a mouse, a snake. But like, it's just hard when you don't have like another person that you know genuinely cares about how your day went. Now I come home and it's like, nobody gives a shit what I did today. My mom was always like, get up, go to school do this, do this, get your stuff done. And now it's like, I don't have anyone on my back, like always like telling me I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do that. So it's like, I procrastinate a lot and like, I need to get over that because like, uh, that's adulthood. <laughs> like, that's one of the things I have to learn is like, I just have to like stop pushing things aside and just like do them. 
but at the same time, I need to think I need to give myself some slack and remind myself that I'm 17. Honestly, I think the hardest thing is waking up in time for school. Cause like my mom was my alarm clock. So now I just have to wake myself up. <laughs> Ever since I like got kicked out of my house, my feeling of family is coming to school every day and being with my friends. I'm the drawer. <laughs> I'm actually, I go to an art school, but I'm not that great at art, so. <laughs> I met Makoto last semester. She's like a way better artist. I do, I do realistic drawings, yeah. and he does cartoon drawings. Yeah. So it's like, that's helpful. Yeah. I go to Oasis Skateboard Factory in an alternative school. If I was going to just a regular school, I probably would have just dropped out. It's like an art studio meets classroom for like kids that had trouble going to school before. We make skateboards and we build our own brands to just get us into like business aspects and like learn stuff that you're gonna be using in the real world. Yeah. We're those kids. That's why I like it, because we're always like the the grunge kids, the kicked out kids, the skater kids. What I love is like we're all part of like the skate crew and like everyone just chills. This is a big happy family. <laughs> Makoto's my best friend that like, we just like to make each other happy. We don't like to talk about the sad stuff because when we're with each other, it's just kind of like good times. It's just like really cool to know that there's like still people that care about you, even when like the people who are supposed to do that aren't there. Okay, so wait, are we all going to go skate for a minute? After school, we get coffee, we go to the skate park. Like, I don't know, whatever we do, like we are always hanging out every day on the weekends. Are you ready, Makoto? Moco toast. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. I'm gonna pass the mic to Makoto now. Hi, I'm Makoto and I'm 16 years old. I was out of school for two years. It was a real rough time for me. I was so used to just failing, failing. I can't do anything right. It was getting to the point where I was giving up before I was trying. Um, I've got something to say about pushing through and skateboarding. Something I learned is like, I'm gonna fail 10,000 times before I land the thing that I wanna land. Oh, and I'm bailed. And I'm gonna get angry and pissed off and upset. No! But that's okay because if you have a community of people that will work with you, They'll help you get back up. Come on, let's play this game straight. Mic Drop is produced in Montreal by Sherry Okeke and Carrie Haber. Jess Shane is our associate producer, and the show is mixed and edited by Crystal Duhame. We'd love to hear from you. Mic drop at cbc.ca. Follow us on Instagram at cbcmicdrop. You can also find us at cbc.ca slash micdrop. If you like what you're hearing, we'd really, really appreciate it if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.